Hey, everybody. Fantastic show this morning. We have a great group of speakers, including a fund manager, Jonah Blake, who's one of the best researchers in the space. It's a really good conversation, specifically about where we're at in this cycle, whether we're going to see uh, the magic word capitulation ahead. Like if this is like a little bit of a rally and there's going to be another heinous dump in NFT prices, that's the school of thought that uh, Nick is putting forward. Some other people give other opinions. We have a full-time crypto trade on stage. He weighs in and Wappy joins us at the end of the show to give his perspective on NFTs as well as someone that made a lot of money trading them during the last bears uh, bull cycle. We also talk about nouns. There's a lot of different uh, conversations happening surrounding NFT projects and whether we've already seen the bottom. As always, all of our content is sponsored by FTX. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash FTX or with the code the nifty on your FTX mobile app. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wednesday, August 24th, and you have tuned into the NFT Morning Show. We do this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time each and every week where we talk all things NFT market. We talk about what projects are making it work, what projects are putting in work, and what projects are just going the other way. Uh, if you want to talk about the market, if you have thoughts, if you have discussion that you'd like to contribute, request to speak, come to the stage, no self-promotion, but we definitely want more voices, more market participants discussing what their thoughts are on the market. I'm P.O. here with my co-host Nifty Nick. Signal, who writes one of the most badass newsletters in the NFT space. She's one of our weather reporters. You got to follow Signal. King Kicks, the CEO of Crypto Game, Crypto Raiders and the guy that made the most money in the bull market that didn't trade or that didn't make money off of Bored Apes. Easy, one of the most technical, if not the most technical traders, a rising star in Solana and the NFT space in general. And then, of course, uh, Depeche Node, the host of the Node Mode podcast, the actual sophisticated art speculator, and Spencer, who's going to have some juicy stuff to talk about, some updates in his life that I'll let him talk about when the time is right. But you know he's going to be around for a while. We got a lot to talk about today. Kix is going to be on weather today, uh, and we're going to dive in to all the stories of the space. But before, oh, and of course, all of our content is sponsored by FTX. Can't forget that. You can sign up at the nifty.com slash FTX or with the code the nifty on your FTX mobile app. Uh, if you spend over $200 with our code at FTX on a cryptocurrency of your choice, not only will you be paying some of the cheapest fees in the game, you will also get $20 airdrop to your account in that cryptocurrency, whichever one you bought. Uh, they, FTX has also added fractional shares, stock trading as well without payment for order flow. So basically FTX is on a come up. I believe we talked about it in yesterday's weather report that they're now a officially a t the number three excuse me, the number three, a top three global cryptocurrency uh, after the two big names that you guys probably already know. So shout out to FTX on the come up, not going to stop. Uh, appreciate them sponsoring the show. Before I go any further, I'll throw to my wonderful co-host, my partner in crime, the co-founder of the Nifty, the absolute badass, uh, a guy that owns both a board ape and a crypto punk. What more do you say about this guy? Nifty Nick, how are you? Well, it's been, I made it through yesterday. It was a sad oh day. My God. <laughs> I feel like when I throw to Nick in the morning he's, now, he's, it's like he's grieving. He's, 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 
Well, it was, it was a day of, yeah, it was a day of grieving. Yeah. I mean, I had to take the day off because of the, uh, of the death of my twin orchids. It was, um, you know, it just really absorbed most of the day. I, I showed up to meetings sort of late and not enthusiastic. And yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just, it's all over. It's a sign of things to come, P.O., you know, it's just a sign of things to come. I'm just kidding. I'm going to buy a new orchid and I'm going to make it through. Okay. Is that a good so idea? It's, though? It's, it's just a plant. I, I Right. But I don't like killing plants either. My thing is like, I only buy the plants that you got to, I was talking about this yesterday. You only got to water the plants that I have like literally once every two weeks. Like if you kill one of the plants that I have, then you really like, you, you, you don't deserve to have plants. But yeah, I saw you have some of the same ones and they're looking really good. Don't you just want to double down on the ones? You got, you got to learn through practice, man. <laughs> you got to, practice makes perfect. <laughs> All right, so we're doubling down on the orchids. Fair enough. Okay. Um, well, regardless, uh, I'm excited. Because there's nothing else going on, literally. There's nothing else happening. Um, oh, it's pudgy penguins up. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, lots of people buying pudgy penguins. Some random dude buy buy one for 400 each. <laughs> uh, and suddenly we're all just like, NFTs are fucking back up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're back into pump season. Just kidding. Just kidding. The floor price is down <laughs> since then. It went from four ETH down to we're, we're 3.19. It's just going to keep creeping down after this like temporary pump where we got uh, Kaleo doing technical analysis saying that this thing's like, like <laughs> we're now charting NFTs. That's how dark things have gotten. Well, I can tell you what it's going to look like. If you just took a ski slope starting at the top and then just draw your way down, that's where it goes. And there's no, there's no um, ski lift on this mountain. It's just going straight down. So I don't mean that just for pudgy penguins. I just mean that in general. Um, I'd like to pick pick up a pudgy again at some point, but uh, you know, it's what what's changed you used to have fundamentally. A pudgy at one point in time, what's that? You used to have a pudgy? No, and I I uh, I was looking at them at point eight five, and I'm a, a little frustrated I didn't get it. But what has changed? We now have little pudgies, so we introduced more NFTs, and and we have a pump. I I just don't I don't get it. I mean, they're they're cute. Uh, they're cute penguins, but it's not like I see a bunch of people walking around just repping the pudgy penguins. And in fact, oh. what happened to that community that was just trolling everybody all optimistic about pudgy penguins like uh, last year? And then suddenly like the floor went down and they were silent. So they were gone. Like they, they were just like, man, these NFTs are worthless. Like they're just not going anywhere. Like it was the same people that were like, Pudgy penguins are the future. Are now are now like um Well hey, know. they may have been right, but just early. You know what I mean? Oh uh, I have even more bearish news. Someone DM me that said little pudgies aren't even new. Um old team that Luca had to uh work with. Okay, so so yeah, it's little not pudgies even new. have been around for a while. The innovate like the reason why it's pumping everything like that is because this Luca guy's actually <clears throat> trying to operate pudgy penguins like a um business and not a personal uh uh piggy bank like the previous owners were using it for Is uh, he? yeah so yeah i mean like <laughs> he just got like uh uh just like created a board that has like the ceo of nansen who's a major pudgy penguins maxi it's his profile pic uh 
someone from uh, Saks Fifth Avenue, someone at Partnerships at Meta. We talked about this. It was a pretty big deal. Yeah, and and you'd actually what I'll say, Nick, is you'd actually like this this Luca guy, the uh, the founder. I actually think he listens to the show. Um, you know, and this isn't like sponsored. We're just like talking about this. Um, he dropped out of high school at six, and then became an info marketer. Well, he no, he at sixteen he was living in L.A. and he dropped out of high school because he was interested in business. Th- this is when he was recounting his his life. Um, so if I get something wrong, you know, forgive me. But he said that he dropped out of high school at sixteen because his family didn't come from money and he didn't see like he didn't see it being realistic for him to go into debt to go to business school. So like a very sober and realistic take on that. And he ended up making like a little sixteen year old resume and he literally went door door-to-door in Santa Monica, which you used to live in California. I know you lived in NorCal. I lived in LA and I worked in the tech scene uh, for a period of time there. And Santa Monica, they called it Silicon, uh, Silicon Beach, right? That was what they were calling it, right? Because all the tech companies. Yeah, everyone had a version of Silicon Valley in their city. Exactly. There you go. So Santa Monica, the west side of LA, that's that was Silicon Beach, but you know, specifically Santa Monica. And he went basically door to door with the tech companies at 16 years old. And he ended up personally handing his resume to the CEO of one of these tech startups. You know, not like something that became a unicorn or, or actually I think it did sell for billions of dollars by the time he was 19. But anyway, he ended up just getting a job there working like uh, packing boxes at 16 years old, um, and now he's 24 right now. You know, so he's uh, he's a young gun, but he's been in the game for like eight years of just like rolling up his sleeves and working hard full time. Um, How old so- was he when he dropped out of school? 16. Yeah, it's a little late. I did it when I was 12, but I mean, it's all right. <laughs> not everyone could be me. You dropped out at 20, right? Yo, he he front ran that he was like, I didn't drop out of Harvard. I I front ran. I was way ahead of that. You know, I was I was ahead of. Uh, I dropped that, out of the, fucking elementary school, dude. Yeah, I got I was, out early. I dude. knew that inevitably school oh, wasn't for that's me. Why, so, so that's why you can't pronounce basic words, kicks. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a different form of dyslexia. It's uh, self inflicted through various means. <laughs> Anyway, no, you see, Kicks never really learned to color inside the lines, which is why he's at Moonbirds. No, I actually got a C minus in third grade in art class, and I tried hard. It was kind of devastating. <laughs> Clearly, you still remember. I didn't know you got grades in third grade art. That's pretty funny. Uh, but basically, just to bring it back, Nick, um, I think you ought to pay a little bit of attention, a little bit closer attention to the pudgies. Although, your take of oh, it's an NFT project, oh, there was just 48 hours of hype on it, oh, it's actually going to go down now, is actually the take where if you talk to like somebody that has a background in probability, like if you talk to like an actuary or somebody that's like a forecaster, a mathematician forecaster, um, I think that most of the time they're just going to point... that much math to to look at a chart and say that shit's going down. Uh, But I'm saying it... it, I'm too busy... (laughs) To fuck with these dumb NFTs. That would basically oh, be what it. What if you told an actuary? I'm gonna oh, pay what? You. Are you too fucking cool for NFTs now? <laughs> you too busy? You got too many fucking meetings I, on the calendar? I'm, I'm not an actuary. Okay. So I want to be clear. I'm not the actuary on the team. All right. 
There you go. I was just right. going to say, if you paid an actuary 2x what they pay at their insurance company job. You'd be paying them a million dollars. That's what you would be paying them. <laughs> so there's no way that's fucking happening. <laughs> anyway, I think that uh, more often than not, they would say that the NFTs are going to go down. But uh, hey, look, King Kicks, I know you're our weather reporter today. What are you seeing out there uh, in the skies? Are, are we cloudy? Are we you know, thunderstorms? What's going on with the weather in the NFT space? Yes, would love to dive in. Today is Wednesday, the 24th of August. I feel like Nick, NFT Nick and I are going to be DMing our uh, Pudgy Penguins floor buy price. I'm thinking, you know, 2.5 we may sneak in or maybe 2. Um, but overnight, OpenSea volume is around 15 million. Not bad. You know, not great, but not bad. Um, uh, <laughs> Board API Club with a little bit of a rally down from the mid-60s up to 70. 3.70, so nice little rally up there. We got mutants holding that range around 13 and a half. Uh, Azuki's just shy of seven. Pudgy Penguins, of course, we talked about a little bit above three. Clone X holding in that low six range. Doodles retook the 70th floor. Congratulations, Doodles. Moonbirds at 12.65. So we're seeing lots of ranging with a little bit of a rally from apes up and uh, punks also uh, staying in that mid 60 range. So apes have uh, extended their lead a little bit there. Um, as I said, open seas leading the ranks mutants doing all right, but other deeds is seeing some uh, wrapped ETH offers being accepted in the 1.3 range. So if you're trying to shop down in the lower range for a little piece of uh, the Yuga labs pie, that may be a move there. Um, over to the rumor mill, Azuki's website was updated with a page called The Alley. Lots of Easter eggs, rumors, and clues about a possible airdrop coming to holders in September. Fresh Wallet swept eight of them, Zuki's. Floor is now holding 6.7. You gotta think Zagabon's looking over at Pudgy Penguins and saying, Hey, what if I pretend to sell my company to my best friend and have them take <laughs> over the business? Could we get a nice rally? We'll let you know if anything like that happens. G Money, he's got that luxury lifestyle brand, 9DCC. Mint opened yesterday. The mint for iteration dash zero one, a luxurious T, is unlocked by minting 9DCC Genesis NFT. The mint was 0.3. Supply of 1111 exclusive to admit one holders, and it's trading on secondary around 0.55. So we're seeing G Money starting to activate that roadmap for those admit one holders. You know, Nick is thinking right now, why the hell didn't I get one of those at VCon? <laughs> um, and then there's another project that I will butcher. It's called Finilar. Seeing a slow and steady rise over the past few days, the collection is made up of living NFTs that use oracles to respond to changes in the value of cryptocurrencies. They become happy when the currency they are linked to does well and sad or even vomit when it performs poorly. Uh, kind of reminds me of Tamagotchis. That's pretty cool. Project has a number of whale holders, and that floor is at 0 0.35. Last but not least, over in the Web3 gaming land, we have DigiDakagaku. Genesis continuing to rally up to a 3.4 ETH floor. 
That is it in the NFT space. Looking over at crypto, we're just seeing a little bit of ranging. And ranging can be good for NFTs. If we sit in this zone through the weekend, which is asking a lot because we live in a volatile world, it could set up for some nice action in NFTs. But right now, we've seen about four to five days of ranging. Bitcoin staying in that 21,500 range. Ethereum sitting around 1650. They're ranging. So we're having a little party over in NFT land. It, forecast looks a little bit sunny, but there's this ominous cloud ahead, which is just like crypto absolutely dumping um, or ripping, which would hurt us. So we're hoping that cloud misses us and it stays quiet in crypto land so that we can have some fun in NFT land. Back to you in the studio. Great weather report as usual, Kicks. Just attack on from the Nifty Daily Digest, which is the newsletter that Signal writes five days a week. You can sign up at the nifty.com and you should. Uh, don't panic. We, we talked about this briefly on the show yesterday. Don't panic. Buy X copy sold for 805,000 US dollars, aka 500 ETH. It was originally sold by X copy for 137 US dollars in March 2019. Clearly, a lot can change in three and a half years in crypto. Uh, Coinbase is actually shifting its revenue model from trading fees to subscriptions after the exchange has seen a 60% drop in revenue and reported a $1.1 billion net loss. So crypto organizations may be trying to adjust to some of this volatility and figure out ways to stabilize revenues so that things aren't so up and down. Uh, and then Ready Player Me which is a platform to build dynamic cross-game avatars for virtual worlds, very much so in line with what we've been talking about with the metaverse. I'll say that one more time. It's a platform to build dynamic cross-game avatars for virtual worlds, raises a whopping 56 million buckaroos in Series B, led by none other than Andreessen Horowitz. The round includes the co-founder of Roblox, the co-founder of Twitch, uh, the co-founders of King Games, and I don't know who that what that is. Sorry? What's the name of the project, sir? It's called Ready Player Me. It's not a project. It's a platform to build dynamic cross-game avatars for virtual worlds. Punk6529 is in there, as well as Snowfro. Hey, Snowfro invested in the Nifty, so he must know what's going on. Uh, and additional names that you've probably heard from the NFT space. That's in line with uh, investment continuing in this metaverse NFT realm, even as the bear market goes. You know, uh, Nick... Doesn't make were... any sense to me, man. I'll tell you what, it doesn't make any sense to me. What, the, the platform? Maybe I'm dumb or maybe they are, but one of us is. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, we, can, we can definitely dive into that. What I was going to say um, is, you know, Nick, you had pointed out that chart the other day, that chart that, and, you know, someone tweeted like, we are here. And it was basically like a rally after the first big dump. But then that rally in the market is followed by a heinous full tilt capitulation dump. And you've been talking about this for months. And I'm not trying to spread doom and gloom. I'm just trying to. Let's uh, get excited. Woo! So basically, your firm belief is that we are at this firm line. belief. This local top of a rally after the dump, the, the initial dump, which was a sizable dump that will be followed by full well, tilt capitulation. Is that right? 
I mean, I don't like to like predict uh, where it's going, like where it's all headed. However, um, yeah, I mean, to me, last time that crypto uh, dropped and capitulated, you had people just like absolutely devastated. And I feel like there's still a lot of hope in this space. And crypto doesn't allow for that to last indefinitely. You have to get flushed out uh, by a significant amount. And that's where like we need to be at a place where people are saying, what the hell were those NFT uh, people thinking? That, at least that's my own opinion. Now, I don't want that to uh, materialize, but that to me feels like true, true capitulation, at, at which point that's when uh, you can sweep up some things and then just wait for a period of time. Now, are we going to hit that? I have no idea. Um, but I do think that that's a reasonable thing to expect because uh, the prices that some of these NFTs went to were so unreasonable. And I think from that standpoint, you have to think like, I mean, okay, let, let's even take Pudgy Penguins as an example. So uh, 3.19 uh, times 1,650. So, Do the math, no calculator, right now. Uh, well, I'll tell you, it's <laughs> Um, and I did that in my head. And uh, so you're paying over $5,000 for this NFT, and what do you get? You get, uh, you get some advisors? You get some, some hope that they end up making something? What can they give you that you're going to be like, oh, hell yeah, this is insane? Now, I, you could argue the exact same thing, for Board Ape Yacht Club, you could argue the exact same thing for literally any NFT that you're holding. That's the problem. These things, it just feels like we haven't been fully devastated. And I, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm like just way too bearish, but it feels realistic from that standpoint that you got to have, you, you got to drop, you got to have a rally based on that. And then you then you need to hit like full bottoming out. And that needs to happen over a longer period of time. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely possible, Nick, that there's another like leg down mass capitulation ahead. I, I do think that's that's possible. Well, the, the things that I've been reading now, it, obviously, it makes for great content. The uh, a lot of YouTube channels have figured out um, that if you just literally write the bare perspective um, and do that, in you know, at least semi intelligently. Um, then you can get a lot of viewers and subscribers. So the the content that I've been seeing surrounding this uh, basically are the the macro stories involve uh, the economic collapse of China uh, resulting from their whole real estate situation over there, where they were uh, basically um, you know citizens were investing in property that didn't exist in cities that no one was living in, um, that, which is crazy. Um, and then you have uh, simultaneously, um, you have the whole energy thing in Europe. You have uh, Nick. You need to be careful with these these YouTube guys because most of them make their money trying to sell you to buy gold or silver. Well, they they'll like they'll sell. You, hey, uh, by the way, I got a guy that gets the, a good deal on gold. Man, everything's the, going to shit. You don't follow Bitboy for advice. So buried in your backyard. Okay, but the 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 one other one that stood out though was basically real estate where people are like, okay, well you need real estate to go down. Anyways, do those all have an impact? 
I have no fucking clue. Like, they're, like literally, like, what what is the price of crypto? Like, why is it the price? Like, wh- why is it where it is? Just because people are willing to pay that much. But there's no, like, everyone talks about, like, fundamentals and uh, deflationary elements of uh, ETH2, basically. And I, it, despite all that, I'm just like, yeah, it's just a floating currency. It's, it's literally just a number going up and down. I love charting the technicals and uh, taking a look at it and saying, hey, um, I think here's where the price is going. And just based on that, I'm like, yeah, I think this should go down. And that's just based on uh, emotion and thinking that uh, <laughs> legitimately, like, what the hell are we, like, what are we trading? No, so, it's I mean, fine. Like, I would be mad too if I didn't get a digi after I told you to get one because <laughs> it was a 3X in a week. Well, I understand yeah, I was going to say kick. So speaking of that, uh, that's been your biggest win in the past, what, 45 days, maybe, maybe 60 days, right? You, you had had a couple I, of, I don't think it's been my best win, P. I think it's been my only win. There, there you go. Your only win. And so this one, it's, it's the people with super legit gaming chops that made this one, right? Oh <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's the guy named Gabriel. He did web two free to play games. Some popular ones ran a studio for like 12 years. Made Limit Break got invested in by a lot of big Web3 investor names. Um, and so, yeah, they're going to do something cool. I'll probably trim one here, just get my average cost back. But I totally get what like Nick is saying. But having said that, I've also been thinking about, like, I follow a Flip McBot, NFT sales bot on Twitter. And just every day you see people, they're taking 80% just dingers, like left and right. So I feel like we're potentially closer to the bottom. We may not be all the way bottomed out, but we're getting pretty low there. And I do agree. I mean, like, what's the value of uh, an NFT? But also, like, people that buy Denali cars, like, it's the exact same car of the cheaper brand. They just slap the Denali tag on it, and it costs you another seven grand. So people spend a lot of money on stupid shit all the time. Um, I do agree that the macro, you know, outlook, if, if, uh, if the whole world goes to shit, NFTs are definitely going to shit. But I do feel that we could be, you know, closer to the bottom, maybe we need one more leg down. But uh, I do think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity, especially with like new projects, but like existing blue chips, we could just sit in no man's land for a while. Yeah. And, and we have a lot of hands raised. I'm going to rotate it around. One thing I want to, um, you know, put out there, though, is I've noticed that the the perspective that Nick is sharing is actually a perspective that I've seen a lot of market participants in the crypto and NFT space put out there before, which is basically like when things are going poorly, they're kind of like, well, what even is this stuff, right? And obviously, you can kind of see where a thought like that comes from. It's definitely the, the mindset that the general public shares. But it's for this very reason uh, that I'm getting bi- like big-time OG Bitcoiners to come on our YouTube show for long-form interviews with me and Nick. Nick, to try to, I, I think it's going to be fantastic conversation because I, I really appreciate Nick's perspective. Nick's very thoughtful and analytical, and the OG Bitcoiners, I think, um, we'll, we'll get ones that aren't total maxis. We have Udi Wertheimer coming on next Tuesday, and I think that me, Udi, and Nick can have a juicy conversation about Bitcoin, Ethereum, and NFTs because sometimes I think people forget about like what makes some of these assets important. And keep in mind, I just want to reiterate and this is not the opinion that's shared by the nft space it's not the stance of the nft space 
I'm a Bitcoin guy, right? So everyone in the NFT space, it's more on the Ethereum side, right? I'm a Bitcoin guy. So whenever I say this stuff, it comes from the place of Bitcoin. I'd be on the same page if someone's like, well, what is Ethereum? What does Ethereum matter? You know, blah, blah, blah. Nick, you, you raise your hand. Go ahead. Well, the only thing I was going to say is that it, I haven't been saying this just when it's uh, bearish. We've been talking about the ridiculousness of this space while, while it was bullish. Like, that's the whole point. That was like the foundation of the show is the ludicrousness of trading JPEGs. Like, we, we, that, that's, that's always been the case. There used to be, um, uh, when uh, Pepe's uh, were first introduced and people were trading them, I didn't even like, and rare Pepe's, I didn't even... Uh, understand where to go buy them but there were tons of like meme videos that were created around rare pepes and the rare pepe market imploding and jokes over that sort of situation and uh it, it seems so ludicrous i was like who the hell is flipping jpegs like i don't even get it and now here we are flipping jpegs and and i, I get it but even still you, you you have to even if you're making money in it look at it and say what the hell am I doing? Like, they're, like they're, I don't care if it's a bear market, bull market, whatever the hell it is. If you were flipping art, you'd probably feel the exact same way unless it's like, yeah, actually, no. Even if it's some insanely expensive art piece, it, and I don't care the historical relevance of it, you're still going to wonder, what the hell am I doing flipping this piece of art? Like, it's, it's a pretty absurd activity to begin with. So that, that's all that I'm saying with it. And, and then when you look at that, in those sorts of markets where you question like the value that's produced in that in that ecosystem you it's hard not to look at it objectively and say well this is a little crazy like i'm not selling food to people so so like it, the, it it's a little bit of a uh ridiculous market so um I mean, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And like real, real quick before I throw around, I'm, I'm excited to, to rotate here. Um, you know, I saw a documentary on the photographer Robert Maplethorpe. And Nick, if you remember, I brought him up in the conversation that we had on YouTube with Justin Aversano. And I, Justin immediately got pumped and pointed to a picture that was framed on his wall. And he was like, that's Robert Maplethorpe, right? So, so he's a fan. And anyway, uh, in the 70s or 80s, like whatever era Maplethorpe was, you know, uh, doing his thing in, he was was giving photographs to his friends and he gave several to Fran Lebowitz and she literally just threw them away when she was moving or something, you know, because she didn't like photos weren't selling for a lot of money at that time and they weren't really recognized in the fine art world the same way that paintings and sculptures and other pieces of art were recognized. And so she had original Robert Maplethorpe's that he had signed that he had like, you know, uh, addressed to her and everything that she just did didn't care for because she didn't think that they were going to be valuable. And then you can look up at what, you know, what originals by Maplethorpe sell these days. And sometimes it's hard to see, you know, where the valuations of these things tend to go. Obviously, there's a million stories of early Bitcoiners not understanding the value of what they had and losing the hard drive or losing the seed phrase, blah, blah, blah. You know, Signal raised her hand during this. I want to throw to Signal, then I want to throw to Ben, uh, and then we'll keep it moving. Signal, what's going on? Yeah, morning, folks. Um, it's quite funny. You and uh, Nick remind me of the Finalars collection right now in uh, on OpenSea. It's number three or number four, whereby they're animated NFTs. And when they're happy, they bounce around. And when they're sad, they vomit. And I feel like Nick is uh, about to vomit. He's just so overbearish. But um, okay. Nick, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, I'm just being realistic. I'm not no, like just no, no, like no. a mega bear. No, no, no. You, you were realistic six weeks ago you're now over bearish and i'm 
hearing it more and more that the entire space and sort of everyone's views is just becoming too bearish and it's sort of skewing it's um, always darkest it's, before dawn it's always, it's always <laughs> but we were but we were mold, we, we weren't born in web 2 we were molded by web 3 <laughs> anyway my point is this this is the point i want to make like i don't know what's going to happen no one does we don't know where the bottom is and if you come with the view that there's no value here you can look at any market you can look at the derivatives market selling like structured products and equity derivatives what like what is that what where is the value there like that's what i could say but the financial markets they will say that that pocket of that industry is worth billions and billions even so, though know, we're in the business of selling subprime mortgages that's that's the next big thing no so. but but no but my point is this like in this space the genie is out of the bottle. The, the, the technology is a one-way street. We're not going back. The infrastructure is being built and layered. And if, you, if, if we just step outside of the OpenSea's top 100 ranks and just stop looking at that every single day, hour by hour, you and just look at what's happening. You've got Andreessen Horizon with a 4.5 billion fund just to focus in Web3 uh, businesses and startups. You've got the next Coachella happening pretty much, I think, next year, being led by Yuga Labs. You've got character development which will obviously be you know the next marvel someone will be it but it's like if we just keep looking day to day and we just keep having the day-to-day conversation it's so easy to have an overbearish point of view but if we just step back and talk about what else is happening you see that trading will always continue to go up and down in any direction but what is actually being built right now is the fastest growing space personally in my opinion the most interesting space and where people's attention will eventually go by people i mean people outside of web3 will eventually be forced to look because that's just simply where the world is going so i feel like you know it's good to be bearish because i do think you know you do have to you know, yeah we probably are trading subprime mortgages on you know on jpegs here but there is value here there is good value and we need to separate uh, separate out the good from the bad couldn't have said a better signal and uh i mean look i couldn't agree more i think you put it perfectly the reminder to kind of tack onto that in my opinion is that uh, all of that is true. That doesn't mean that NFT collection XYZ that somebody has sitting in their wallet is going to fetch a higher price and have liquidity in the future. Um, and it's really hard to agree. figure out. Yeah, agree. Totally agree. But I think, you know, as participants in this market, our job is to find that JPEG, which will go from one hundred thirty seven dollars to eight hundred thousand in three years, because that's what an X copy piece just did having minted he minted, he minted that in february 2019 so as traders that's what we need to find and as long-term investors because the opportunities are there but if we just continue with this bearish mindset we're going to miss it we're all going to miss it because we're too focused on saying that there's no value here that's the point thousand percent just give up signal <laughs> just give up quit never man. and just never man you're talking to a marathoner you're talking to a marathoner i don't give up Oh, that's what I'm fucking talking about, Sig. And uh, yeah, I mean, $800,000 sale at the, you know, in a bear market, whether or not it's the bottom of a bear market, it's a bear market nonetheless. Me and Kix were talking about on, on YouTube the other day. We were just like, do we have, we got to buy like an, an OG art block, don't we? Because it's like, I just feel like we're going to go back, look back and kick ourselves if we don't buy it. Uh, we were talking about splitting a ringer. And I was like, but are we going to like, we're going to tie up 25 grand each on this ringer? And Kix was like, we're going to have a yacht in the future called called ringer you know so that we got a kick out of that uh my guy ben jammin what's going on yo po um i wanted to i wanted to ask nick specifically about um like levels of capitulation and and i remember at the time 
a couple months ago, one of the things that was brought up was um, the percentage of WEATH sales or, or accepted WEATH offers compared to the like regular buying sales on ETH. And yes, sir, make- I have the data pulled up. Oh, do you? Yeah, I think that would be something awesome to even just track to see levels of market capitulation. Kicks, you have numbers on that right now? Yes, sir. Pulling it up right now. Um, so, okay, pulling up the Dune, and I will post it in the portal as well if you like to keep a track on yourself. Uh, but the highest day for wrapped ETH offers was the 15th of August, so about nine days ago. 39.9% of all sales were wrapped ETH sales. Um, since then, we've been trending downwards back to about 20 to 22% of all sales being uh, wrapped ETH offers. That's awesome to know. And, and I think if, if, we can, if we can chart that comparative to volume, um, you know, because obviously if you have percentages on low volume days, it's a lot different than on high volume days or weeks. But I think the, the comparison between those two things would be a, a good gauge for what the level of capitulation actually is. And, and I mean, I'll pass it over to Nick. We're still down or we're still up significantly um, in terms of WEATH offers. What was not mentioned is that it was 5% back in uh, June on June 2nd. So that's how, and we got as low as uh, it looks like here. Um, yeah, around 5% uh, seems to be where the low is, 4.9%. And so we're right now at 21%. So we're already four times that. So yes, we came off of uh, this the, uh, August 15th when we had 40% essentially. Um, but this is just, um, this is still incredibly high. But my thought was like true capitulation is when that number is 90%. Like you need to get to a point where literally people think that that, like there's just no liquidity or there's barely any liquidity. And and all that's happening is you're getting uh, WEATH offers. To me, like uh, this, it doesn't look good when it's at 40% relative to uh, historical numbers, but that still to me just means that there's a market. The fact that the majority of purchases are happening against list price to me is pretty, pretty uh, bullish still. And so, yeah, that, that's just my own take. And that's not even based on data. That's just based on like, what does true capitulation look like? And basically that's when there's no buyers in the market. That's like the foundation of full-blown capitulation. Yeah, it probably means there's no bids at all, right? Like yeah. no one's even bidding to accept. It, it, which, um, yeah, I mean, I guess you, you raise a good point. If there's no offers and there's no volume, then the, that, that would be uh, the true mark of a bottom. It's just no activity. Uh, but, and from that standpoint, the volume still... Uh, does not look um, phenomenal, uh, but it, I mean, it, it's it's had a nice little, uh, since the 15th where we were at the bottom, we've seen volume, like you were saying, Ben, in terms of charting, uh, go up almost, you know, 40%. Um, and so that, that, like we're seeing increased demand at the moment, but when you go back towards even like May and June, we're still at a fraction of that. So we're 50% down um, from there. So, I mean, I'm actually more impressed with the volume that we have at this point. Um, it is, 
as bearish as the chart looks because basically you had this huge surge of, of demand and then um, this sharp fall off. If you drew just like a line from last year where you had, um, you know, like in May, you had 41,000 ETH. Well, this month we're at 220,000 ETH. So that's, that's over a 5X basically, 500% gain year over year, like since last uh, May. So that to me is still just like, holy shit, wow, this is, this is a market that people are sticking around in. And, you know, they still have the option to go outside technically, like versus when, last year when we were in lockdowns and a lot of this stuff uh, went down, there was no, you know, in-person activity, people going outside, people, quote, touching grass, as people like to say. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think like I actually couldn't be uh, more bullish on the overall market in the sense that like, holy shit, wow, this, this NFT thing really is still a sustained thing. That's impressive to me. Uh, the speculative bubble that we had for a you know eight month period there um, is or nine months, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, that that seems a little bit overblown, but people seem still invested in this. To me, the true capitulation is when the and maybe it doesn't happen, but that that would be what I'd be looking for is be, basically people just being like, what the hell was I thinking holding on to those apes? What was I thinking holding on to even those punks? It needs to be at a point where, where you're just saying, what the hell was this market? Yeah, and I mean, look, this is a juicy, this is one of those mornings that I'm jazzed up because I just can't wait to hear from the different people that have their hands raised. I just let Bobbin on stage too, so we're going we're gonna to mix it up here. Um, it, the one thing I want to throw out there is the fact that, like, you know, CryptoPunks are at $125,000 floor right now, you know, and it's a 10,000-piece collection. When you, when you do think about that math, I understand there's diamond hands and stuff, but when Nick talks about capitulation, it starts to make sense to me when you look at that math because it's just it's just a big number to have ten thousand of them and have the cheapest one be one hundred twenty five thousand. And floors can drop really quick, so that's my little input. I want to throw to Spencer, and then uh, we can get you know Node and Jonah in the mix. But Spencer, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked a lot about capitulation, right? And my feeling was, and, and I, I, it's part of why I started buying this weekend was that like. I thought we saw a mini version of, of things looking worse this weekend where there was sort of the bend out thing. People were unsure. I know like I, I got into both apes and punks at under 100K or like right around 100K, which that to me felt low given where the market was at. And then this week with some of the higher sales or like clone access floor is up almost an ETH, like things are looking better. But I, I have to think like my thesis has always been continues to be that like I think around the merge, there's kind of like either two things that are going to happen. One is ETH can run really hard. And I think we'll see something closer to capitulation than with people selling NFTs or ETH could dump really hard and that might also cause it. So I think like what it feels to me is, is everyone's really starting to feel like we're actually in a bear market, right? Like it's okay. This is actually happening. I, I don't really feel like there's that clear of a sight line to recovery in the macroeconomic infrastructure for all the reasons you talked about. And I think six months from here, it's very likely we'll still be in a bear market. And and if you think pe people's patience have waned already, like you haven't seen, like we're, <laughs> it's been like three months. <laughs> yeah, add 2x that to this, right? Like how At much least. patience do people have? And like, really like a year like, in our terms though, Spencer. Yeah, but like last time the bear market was like, in crypto was like four or five years, right? Like it, it 
like how long are people really going to last with you know with these floors and and as you said pierre like the market cap of of punks is still a billion dollars now you might think that's low but billion dollars is a pretty high market cap considering how improved this is and the market cap of board apes is like three billion dollars right if you include all of the yuga assets right um except for punks so i don't know yeah no fair uh node dude i'm so sick of hearing the word capitulation over and over <laughs> if we say that word one more time Nick, you're, you're yo so you're, you're node's so gonna weird. capitulate all you do is say that word over and over and you think you're so freaking smart dude it is <laughs> so disgusting dude. you're you're just like you've turned into those youtubers that are trying to you know be bearish and trying to get us to do stuff dude i am over it i'm over it and by the way by the way ETH2, they deprecated that term, bro. It's not called ETH2, dude. It's just ETH. So <laughs> before or after the merge, it's still ETH. You got to get your facts straight, my man. I'm looking forward to you fully capitulating and selling me one of those ringers for $500. <laughs> I can't wait for that. That's going to be true capitulation. Well, I, oh, I can't wait to, to, to see the transaction just from Node's wallet to Nick's wallet of one of Node's prized ringers for 500 bucks. Put it on your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to happen. Jonah. Yeah, I, I wanted to uh, respond to kicks and there's, there's some, there's a lot of really interesting, um, game news and I'll, I'll make it quick the whole, the whole thing. So regarding uh, Ready Player Me, it is an interesting bet, um, one that's not too obvious, but if you, first of all, I've met Timu. Um, he's actually he's actually a genius. Um, I believe he's Finnish, but uh, they have a repository of data on, on facial features. So prior to them really being Web3, they've collected a lot of facial recognition data and they've, they've used that to reinforce their avatar creation tool. So basically the big proprietary asset around Ready Player Me is the fact that they have this technology that helps create more exact facial features using, you know, your computer camera. It, it actually has no, nothing to do with Metaverse. Yeah, well, no, well, it does have to do with Metaverse because, you know, that's going to be put into yeah, I'm not trying to look like me in the Metaverse. I'm trying no, to but, look. But the, the, the problem is actually all their customers are from LinkedIn, and they actually have a lot of LinkedIn oldies, like oldie customers. J Jonah, nobody's trying to look like themselves in the fucking Metaverse. I'm not either. I'm just telling you what the bet is. I'm trying to look like Brad fucking Pitt in Fight Club in the Metaverse. Okay, uh, Jonah? I'm going to be 85 with a jawline of a fork. <laughs> I'm going to be jacked in the metaverse, okay? People are going to be like, holy shit, this guy's been doing metaverse push-ups for like eight years nonstop. Uh, just kidding, Jonah, but not, no, no surprise at all that Jonah, um, you know, is is very well researched on that. I do want to just wrap on what we were talking about on the bearish bullish thing. I mean, Bavin, you requested to speak in the throes of that conversation. You know, you're you're a fund guy. Uh, you're You're a full-time investor. I'd love to know what you think about, you know, what Nifty Nick was talking about. If you share his opinion that there's more, uh, the trigger word for Node, capitulation Are you ahead. Gonna capitulate. <laughs> I would just love to know what, what's on Bavin's mind throughout this conversation, and as a CryptoPunk owner too. Yeah, so I think on capitulation, I totally do see ETH going a little further down from here, but I kind of share Spencer's thought that I think there is a floor price in people's minds and dollars terms for your blue chip collection, stuff like punks, stuff like maybe even squiggles, stuff like ringers, things like that. I think people do think about them in pure dollar terms. And so 
I don't think people should be looking at it in terms of ETH floor as much as dollar floor um, around some of these major blue chip collections. And like, I don't know, even stuff like apes you can see today are moving up in terms of ETH. And I think as ETH has come down, people are more willing to come in and buy even your apes and stuff out there. And so to me, I don't expect crypto's going to be in a long, like, I don't think six months we're still going to be in a bear just because the amount of more attention we got in the space from the last cycle, it's like dramatic. Like it really has hit that inflection point. So like, I just don't see um, a long crypto bear this time around, but I love to hear people's thoughts if you think I'm wrong. Bavin, crypto bear or NFT bear, right? So like, I think that we've probably seen bottom for crypto already. Like what, what did we have? Like $900 ETH or 850 on a flash crash. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, maybe it's maybe it goes to seven fifty. Honestly, who gives a shit? Like, if you don't have enough conviction to buy between seven hundred nine hundred dollars, I don't know what you're doing in the space. Like, you know what I mean? But but on the NFT side, that's where I I think this conversation really is is leaning. Yeah, I, I think NFTs are the killer app for crypto, right? The NFTs are really what brought us into the mainstream. Your average person has no fucking clue how to use a DeFi application, but they can buy Ethereum on an exchange and bridge to a wall and then buy an NFT. I think stuff is coming out like MoonPay is going to be launching Hypermint later this year, which really is going to be targeted at getting people onboarded into crypto, setting up a wallet for them, making it like credit card to NFT purchase to wallet in a seamless transaction. And I think that's just going to further turbocharge growth. Like I just hear so many ways that nfts are targeting the average consumer and maybe it isn't your crypto punk your major nft but it's going to be something that's going to onboard them with a hundred dollars two hundred dollar type kind of thing yeah i couldn't agree more i think that you know like on that my thing the thing that i struggle with to wrap my head around is is like whether the individual collections like let, let's take pudgy penguins as an example like i'm just so curious what over time the fair value of pudgy penguins actually is right i'm just using it as an example but like with crypto punks with bored apes i look at that a little bit differently i i think that there's going to be volatility um but obviously like i feel like those two have kind of broken through in some ways so the, when i start to think about this stuff i'm like what's pudgy penguins going to be worth what's you know random nft project xyz going to be worth in most cases it will be zero right uh but there could be some fair value for something like pudgy penguins or you got a talented young guy like luca working really hard on it all the time i gotta ask easiest take here um sometimes i feel like i i, I don't throw to easy enough on this show and that's an absolute crime someone in our discord just uh posted this hilarious gif of easy's face on ray Liotta, ray Liotta's body in goodfellas when he walks across the street and beats the shit out of the guy in front of his car with a pistol and that guy's face is ethereum so i can't wait to hear the soul maxi here i forgot that that gif existed it's the funniest shit easy what's on your mind when it comes to this conversation then i'm excited to throw to marco who's a full-time crypto trader and, and only recently got onboarded to nfts uh, yeah, life's good. I bought a pudgy penguin at like 1.4, 1.5. So that's nice. Not too mad about it. Uh, sitting on a nice little bag there. Also, the dust play. I know on Monday, I think it was uh, NFT God may have called it out. I forget who it was. But buying. Yeah, dust it was NFT God. Yep. 
Yeah, so I posted a thread last week about it. Uh, he actually got a better entry because it did dip. Last night it tested $2. We are seeing some buying pressure on that. So it's What's it at now? $2. Right back to 2 right Damn. now. Damn. Uh, and it's up almost a million dollars in trading volume on USD value too. So people are starting to add now that Frank last night talked about uh, potentially like two weeks out. So that's kind of the interesting thing here for Mint. I think we see buying pressure going into that. Um, and... Yeah, I think I'm just going to dump the majority of it. I bought over 3,000 dust just because I felt it was a better risk reward in the current market. But, I mean, the sole market's been cooking. Uh, I'm not mad at all about it. The ETH market, I've tried to kind of play some of the low mint, free mint stuff, and all the bags I've bought have gone to zero except for this pudgy. So, aside from that, I'm basically break even at this point uh, on ETH, which is why I stay away from it. But, no, I mean, conversation's good. The market's uh, – I know it's a lot of doom and gloom, so I do actually side with Signal here. I'm starting to look for more buying opportunities on other things because when everyone's this negative, it's usually a lot closer to a bottom than people realize. I'm not saying, like, unload the entire stack here, but I'm going to start nibbling at a couple things and finding a few plays that I feel a little bit more comfortable on. Uh, I still have massive PTSD from not buying that punk at 50K after I have, like, close to 1,000 messages with Nick saying – yeah, this looks great. This is probably a good opportunity. I don't know how much lower it's going to go. So I have blocked the uh, Punk's website, so I can't even look at them anymore. <laughs> well, and the, the thing I want to point out is you've been participating in markets from a trading perspective for like a decade. And in the last crypto cycle, like 2016, 2017, 2018, you rode up and, and crushed on the way up. And then you kind of, you know, gave it all back in a way. You know, given that perspective, I don't know, are you seeing any similarity to where we're at now? Like, is this triggering any memories for you? No, because I actually was converting to stables. So uh, unlike last time, I learned my lesson. I haven't given all of it back. I've given a decent amount back, but uh, I'm not too mad about it at this point because I have taken profit and have actually moved those to a bank account so that I can spend them. It's That's a much a crazy change. You're, you're crazy. You're, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> you know, like recognizing profit and making it uh, usable is just a, a crazy thing to do here. But no, I mean, the market itself is like, I just think we chop. Like, I think we continually chop here until everybody's extremely uncomfortable. Fair. Yeah. Uh, can I, can I chime in? I, I didn't want, I didn't know when to jump in. But go I ahead, Barney. British, I was being British and being polite on the sidelines. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say, I, I agree with uh, Easy and also what Signal was saying earlier. I, as you know, I always say I, I used to, I trade in art, contemporary art in real life. And my main like side hustle is art and what i've noticed of late very much like nfts the art market especially contemporary art market has slowed down massively and i think i know i don't want to use the word capitulation but if you look at the macros we're in the uk now we're suffering a massive energy crisis uh inflation you you name it everything's happening over here and i think what we need to also remember is it's not necessarily maybe a market or a sector or in a, uh, industry sucked suffering i think just consumers are becoming a bit more um savvy not to just spend money uh, disposably on certain things whether it's contemporary art whether whether it's jpegs and i think just what we're seeing now is we're out of we're out of a bull run where we're making hay while the sun was shining and now we're in a bit of a bear market but every everything else in our daily lives is costing more and i think that takes a a huge um puts a huge burden on people that if they they haven't come up yet and they still haven't got a decent ETH bag, that they're very conscious of that. So this is where we're seeing on, I don't know, uh, IC tools, these pumps on these smaller projects. Because yeah. people are trying to 
build their their ETH up. To, I was to gonna say, their, yeah, yeah, that's what you just said is exactly why the free mints. When you see a pump, and then like when we just express our genuine opinion and say like, hey, I think that free mint that now costs point six Ethereum and with an eight thousand supply is not gonna like you know sustain, and people yeah. get so mad, you know what I mean? And it's because they're like, no, no, this was my shot. I paid zero dollars for this. I'm literally looking to make forty thousand dollars off of this thing I paid zero for. You know, exactly. And and what what I would say in this current market is there's so much opportunity. People need to go on OpenSea and start using that make collection offer, like oddities. I picked up five or six of them the other day. Point seven flipped it straight for one point two. Or you got Gr- Gremlins got them at point eight. They're trading at 1.05. If you go out there and look for good offers on collections, there are people that are trying to get liquidity to go do something else. And you can pick up something. And all you have to do is make that 0.1, that 0.5, day on day. And you can have so much fun in this space rather than just looking for that next blue chip, which is probably never going to happen again. The 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 punks, the bored apes, they're the avant-gardes. They're the... I don't know, what are they? They're the Da Vinci's of our generation. We need to be looking for the causes or the Nina Nina Chanel's or something like that where we can ride on the back of it, make a bit of money. If you're really invested, keep it. If not, move on to the next thing. But I think the, 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 the everyday person is suffering a bit. And I think we also need to just stop looking at open sea so often. I know it makes great conversation, but... In this space, since cryptos come along, we want everything to happen yesterday. Um, we, we, we want everything to happen now or, or, or why isn't it happening? I think we just need to chill, listen to your show more, look at some cool projects, do some research, or as you say, go touch grass, or if it's your cup of tea, go smoke grass. It's not mine, but I think we could all uh, do better to listen to this show more often these guys are absolutely crushing it and barney i want to ask is that the fonz uh do you know what it was so <laughs> I, I i'm trying to get some credibility in this era this arena not on my pfp even though i have some decent stuff so i had to find a project where i could make a, a pfp that looks like myself so that, that's what you look like you must I be a handsome like, bastard you got a motorcycle jacket too you you seem like a pretty cool guy barney maybe we'll we'll get to meet sometime if there's like yeah, well, nft I was ask you just quickly, london one thing. are you coming to nft london you lot i don't know there's a bunch of stuff a, a vegas thing just apparently no. every everyone's <laughs> everyone's going to vegas Breakpoint point is I at the same time oh Bray, yeah, we're, we're gonna be come in to london and buy, buy an orchid in london they far nicer i'll take you for a pint I'll show you all the sites. You guys will love it. Well, I appreciate it, Barney. So I want to throw, and well, Nick, you raised your hand during that. I don't know if, it, if you wanted to add to it, then I, I want to throw to Marco. Yeah, and, I just and want to discuss again. a little more capitulation. So the, <laughs> uh, in terms of, no, the, uh, the only thing was we keep referring to this punk trade like it was, like it was this great trade. I don't think the price is going to stay up at the price. Like it's already come down 30% or something like that from where the, the floor went even higher. It was at like 150 for a minute. And I'm like, I'm a damn genius. Uh, but now it's down at like 110 and I, it could just go lower. So I, I don't know. I, I don't like referring to these uh, trades until uh, it, the money has been uh, materialized. Uh, and I have not exited that trade at this point in time. Okay. Oh, it, well, right. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, you did do well. 
Right. And I mean, you could just press a button and probably have the thing sold within like four or five days for like at least 60 cents. Like you could sell it for, for a half a million dollars. Not, not that much, but for a profit that's more than a lot of Americans make. Like you'd be making a profit that if you were a public school teacher, it would take like one and three quarters years to make that working day in and day out. I, I just like to point that yeah, out sometimes. Yeah. Well, gamblers don't like to use that sort of math. So if you're, <laughs> if you're like, you just want to remember that we don't like to think about those types of things okay yeah so so uh marco you have your hand raised marco let's keep it not too technical because i know that you're a full-time trader and, and you're extremely technical but i'd love to hear i mean you've been listening you know to this show since the the beginning of the episode what perspective do you have on what we're talking about yes sir yeah thanks for having me on um first of all i just want to say po you keep on saying i'm a new trader but my first nft purchase was october 29th 2020 I just pulled up the Ether scan. It's, it's, it's on a different wallet called Mark P. And I was just, I remember turning my nose up at CryptoPunks, just looking at them like, I am not paying that much for this thing. Like it, I, it looks pretty cool. I want one, but no chance. And uh, so, yeah, these recent punk trades, Nick, like you were saying, like, I, I don't, I can't even talk about that because I just remember what it was. And, you know, I, I've always just refused to get into a punk and yeah, it is what it is, but um anyways uh the eth merge i feel like yeah i don't i'm just not bullish going into it guys i i don't you know until, Yo, mute his mic no mute his mic sorry <laughs> sorry i'm just kidding oh so, oh yeah, it's I mean, a joke okay no, got it got it go ahead Mark. The, uh, if there's no activity on the blockchain and fees aren't burning ethereum in the meantime we just still have the same issuance rate of tokens and so you know there's nothing going on and during the merge, maybe once the merge happens, then we can talk. But I, I don't know. Like if I look at the UK 100, like, uh, you know, uh, Barney and Signal, it looks like it's about to roll over. Um, it doesn't look good at all. It's like topping out pretty viciously. And the same with the rest of our index funds. And I just have to think like, you know, if, if there is no new wave of any hype on the Ethereum blockchain, before let's say the bitcoin having 2024 you know we really don't have much to go off of in terms of like burning eth and like having like a mat so like with nfts i just also caution you like yeah maybe like you can see some deals but imagine if we do just like we're sitting in a bear market until 2024 then what are you going to do like and you watch this thing go to zero so it's it is a you know i'm cautiously optimistic i'm still staking eth i can't unlock it <laughs> so i'm just like sitting in it but you know that is just a thought that i have too like and yeah all, all the index funds do not look too hot right now yeah i mean someone's dming me about a housing crisis you know there are macro conditions at play here for sure i want to throw to node and then back to bavin node what's going on <laughs> that's the most like somebody's dming me right now about a housing crisis over to you <laughs> hey, as long as we don't say the word capitulation, it's fine. So I was just going to say, you know, the, the, when it comes to the, the merge, I've been putting together like a, a presentation for a, a Discord I'm in. And, and like, really, my only conclusion when it comes to the merge and NFTs is that uh, I feel like the merge just means volatility for the next two or three months and the price of ETH. So uh, that's typically not overly favorable for the NFT market. So I think I think I think, you know, now through the end of the year, probably a good time to, to just be wise, you know, and start offering, you know, throwing out wheat bids on what you like. 
Um, but I mean, long term, I'm I'm super bullish and long term super bullish on on the effects of the merge. But it's not like anything's going to happen overnight. And I feel like the narratives are going to get overblown one way or the other. And uh, that's going to lead to some crazy volatility in price action. Fair take. I want to throw back to Bavin, then Jesse. And then I got to hear from Wapi, a.k.a. Negative Nancy. Uh, Bavin, what's going on? Yeah, I was thinking in terms of like people wanting to talk about stacking ETH, like there's just so many ways to do it through the NFT market. Like yesterday, I bought this Finney's thing. I honestly, I, I know they minted originally in January or something. They minted what a thousand, then they minted the full collection late, earlier this week. They look cute as hell. They're kind of novel in the fact that they um, are like linked to chain like oracles on prices of various currencies. And the Finneys get sad or happy based on the price action. And you could have made, call it 60, 70% buying this thing at a pretty solid volume in a day. And so there's just opportunities like that that come up daily. Um, so I, I would argue, like, contrary to Barney, that you should be looking at OpenSea. You should be tracking things if you're active in this market and there's always opportunities so that's you might awesome. as well just nft like a live cam of yourself and just like have people like send you commands and like oh okay i can i need to eat now or else i'll get tired <laughs> i mean that's how it goes sometimes when we, we used to refer to it as like diaper season i mean it should be said there's still opportunities like you know kicks win with digit daiku or uh, i don't know how to pronounce it it's a it's a very specific name to to have for a project um anyway that that's like a monster win and people that invest in like traditional markets would kill to have a win like that over like four years forget about in literally less than four weeks it's kind of crazy to think about uh jesse you have your hand raised you've been waiting patiently i'm always curious when it's a non-joke what jesse has to say what's going on yeah uh, this is i mean kind of ties into what you're saying i got a couple projects i'll mention but um i mean yeah it's a bear market we're going to have macro bear conditions but that's less relevant when you have a industry that is poised to potentially like break out so even in the recession of 2008 2009 if you were an early in internet blogger or Insta like that's where the money was and then, of course, it like blew up after that. I mean, you were, if you invested, obviously, in like the Ubers of the world. But even without that, that's if if Web3 is going to grow. Uh, yeah, trading NFTs, PFPs is speculative. But, you know, Digidaiku, if it's really I mean, did, the guy from Digidaiku really believes that play to earn is dead or is basically dying and almost dead. And and so he's going hard. Obviously, he's pitching, but he really believes that. So that's a project that reacts. Jesse, that you know, guy is extremely legit. He, he yeah. like he, he actually. I just want to say this. He actually beats a lot of statistics in gaming. He he founded the company in 07. He ran it until 2018. Running a gaming company for 10 years is like not normal. It there's there's a lot of churn in gaming, and so to hold that founder position for 10 years, and then first of all, he exited the company to app Lovin, which is basically the largest mobile ua and marketing uh company in the world um outside of something like yeah Unit. so i mean so, i i, I listened to his oh sorry i thought you i thought you were done no i just uh, said very serious that's all i said yeah he um i mean so i listened to the ma and i was kind of blown away and started throwing out offers immediately none were taken so i'm coping hard because then, then then it 2x from there and i was hoping it would dip and it never did so i missed out on that but then i heard on the thesis of you know good ama good good twitter spaces are often or like you know proceed a pump i heard a good ama with bff in this project black genesis which is into like the fidgetals it's like a fashion brand i bought it when they were 0.2 before they even revealed a couple months ago zoe who's our fashion expert you know 
vouched for the legitimacy of the project. Now it's like 0.03, 0.04. It might have gone to like 0.05 overnight. So this is like a really low-end play if you want to get two or three of these. There, it's a legit legit brand. Like I'm not big on the metaverse, but if anyone's going to do it, it's, it's them. Uh, it's a legit fa- Paris fashion brand who has, you know, kind of experience in digital um, properties. And then they were even talking about how in their Discord, a lot of people, fr- their Chinese audience was frustrated because they weren't, you know, all, all their all their Discord is in English and French. And so they hired an expert who's basically an expert translator who's going to help them. So just the fact that they had an, an audience that they identified from China and were going to cater to it seems bullish again i'm not big on the metaverse but it's, this is like a 0.04 play so if you want to look at something it's black genesis the a is a v which is super annoying but uh there's that and then another project this is much bigger i just heard about this is feature three it's through huxley that i don't know what it looks like they want to be like the roku of the metaverse 0.77 mint today so i'm not sure I'm can a, i I'm publicly right call with... bullshit on huxley yeah it's i'm only they... buying if, if, I, if i don't see sales at like 0.9 so let, me, let me tell you the huxley bullshit i will st- i will say this publicly because uh i don't give a fuck and that's this is a hot take jonah no, let's, ke- let's huxley, keep it short i don't give a fuck <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't like I don't, I don't give a fuck they can come after me S- send me the bit boys i don't care so with huxley they first said that they released a game and I'm not a dumb shit. I noticed immediately that they reskinned an Unreal Engine 5 test kit shooter, which is called Project Lyra. So they positioned themselves as building this whole new shooter from scratch, and that's that's a lie. They reskinned the character models, but it's exactly from Project Lyra. And nobody responded to that comment, and I got a lot of shit from their audience. P.O., can I say oh, oh, damn! <laughs> oh, damn! Can you believe the fighting words that went down there and nobody replied? They said, they said, hey, appreciate that information, but we don't care. That was what they said. That How did that feel inside, Jonah? Did you feel unheard? I was pissed. I was fucking pissed because literally I'm like, yo, they're telling, first of all, I wouldn't give a shit if they reskin if they're like, hey, we love Unreal, we love Project Lyra, and we're inspired, and so we're building off of that. <laughs> no, they were like, check out our new game where you could play it at NFTNYC. I'm like, bro, literally. Smash them. You use some <laughs> off-the-shelf elements to get it out to market quicker. Like well, some dumb honest, suckers. Just be, be honest about it. That's all I'm asking. I don't care if you do it. Just, you know, don't, don't create bullshit. Do you uh, feel unheard? <laughs> I was also going to say, do, do CEO, CEOs in, in, in game uh, organizations get like three lives um, if they cock up? Is that why that guy has been there for so long? Good what joke, Barney. Uh, and also the other thing, just to go back to, is it Behaven? Um, what, what I was saying about don't watch OpenSea, obviously I watch OpenSea because I'm trying to do trades day on day. But I mean, as, as a bigger conglomerate, don't like be fixated on it because you, all you're going to do is just constantly look on the downers try i don't know fill your time with going to spaces going to projects go, get going to in real life events there's so much more in web3 that you can do to broaden this whole space other than maybe flipping pfps or hoarding blue chips like you, there, there's so much more you can do isn't there you can use stolen elements from uh, off the shelf assets and uh, and then sell those things for multiples of what you paid. That's the type of game that we're playing in NFTs, people. So uh, and Jonah may be wandering the street. The street's going to call you out on that game. But nonetheless, some of us are printing cash and other people are calling out the suckers. 
for for selling some off the shelf assets. Um, <laughs> don't rem- do it. Like don't don't be like Pixelmon and make seventy million dollars doing there, there it. There was one that was worse. So Gala Games had a and, and actually it's a good game. So it's funny that they did this. So Gala Games was caught with you know their hands in their pants. Uh, they had their uh, hands the gr- in their pants. They, they, they Is had, that an they expression? Had, yeah, I I don't know. I'm from the south. Call with their relax. pants down. <laughs> jo- when Jonah no, gets, I, I, I think, just finished I, the statement. I, it's a legit statement, I think. I mean, so you wouldn't want to get caught with your hands in your pants. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. You were masturbating in a place you weren't okay. supposed to be. Is that, okay. is that what we're exactly. talking about here? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so basically, they had Gulliver's, which was like a big convention. And they were like, now that you arrived at Gulliver's, you all get an exclusive horse. And then a bunch of people from the game space were like, yo, that's the same horse from the Unreal Marketplace. And they were like, uh, <laughs> nobody said anything. <laughs> she had, you traveled to Europe for a horse that you could get on Unreal for like 10 bucks um, well Joan obviously your, your takes are always appreciated I, I'm like coming down but from laughing P- so P- has literally never heard getting caught with your hands in your pants uh, I thought I it feel was like caught with your pants down These are, oh, yeah, there's multiple things you can get caught with okay? <laughs> either way just don't get caught just say caught red handed my goodness I can't right. like walk it's, around it's my, early kids morning, yeah, yeah. my kids are around you know what I mean <laughs> I was as I as I threw out an f bomb there. I did think about it, and I was like, "Nodes' kids are probably nearby." And, and, and I'm just, there, I'm sure there's other people with kids who are around. And they're just like, "Man, y'all got to stop acting like that." I need to. I have to use headphones. I'm gonna meet someone at a in person event, and they're gonna be like, "I've been explaining to my children what this what this language is even, what, why I listen to this thing, and uh, why I'm even participating." Uh, and I I need to keep making excuses for this. And now now uh, Pio's out of here explaining what caught with your hands in your pants <laughs> means. Well, look, his own version of it. But that's one interpretation. You know, that's one interpretation. Maybe some guys of it. just have an itch. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that was what I was that, thinking. Dude. Pio's like uh, being like, don't get caught like a pervert in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Indecent exposure, man. So look, I I know that note is like really wholesome, you know. But this show is X-rated, man. Yeah, I know. I I do. I've got Nick's seen it. I've got my crypto shed, and I just sit in it. But this morning, I I literally did. My daughter walked up to the phone. Anytime they see the show, they hear it. They like run up to the phone, and like every five seconds, I'm like, "Don't worry, kids. These guys are great. They just say bad words." So literally like we lost a hundred people while we were having that conversation and those people were all parents. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Hey, look, we got to have fun sometimes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hope you're enjoying the show. Look, I'm going to throw to Marco and then I got to hear from the WAP, the WAP man, WAPI. Uh, yeah. Marco, what's on your mind? So this one's, I think for, for note and for you guys too, I don't, I don't know if I remember I was talking about announced down here, but a very important question tomorrow is uh, they're going to release nouns uh, for noun four twenty. I think today is four nineteen. So they've you guys know the project. They release a noun every single day, and uh, they consistently go for like I don't know sixty ETH plus every day. And I'm, I was just also thinking about that when we were having the conversation about are NFTs overvalued or not, like. Yeah, there's a tiny collection as it currently stands with only 419 being released, or I guess 418. They look sick. I really want one. And earlier I was scrolling through the audience and I saw like this girl had one. Um, I was going to ask her how much she got it for. But what do you guys think this is going to go for? And, and like, what should we expect it to be priced at in the future? 
So noun 420 is actually going to the developers. So every 10th noun goes to the developers rather than being auctioned. So oh. noun 420 will not be auctioned. Um, oh, good point. There, there you have for it. For the price in general, then for this collection. Yeah, I mean, I, I just have, uh, I know that for the first time in a while, they're actually selling for less than punks, right? So for months, they've been selling for well over a punk. A lot of OGs in the space absolutely love the nouns. I, I, I think it's very, very cool. Like the, the treasury is now massive. Uh, and and I, I would like to see them maybe be a little bit more creative with that treasury. Uh, but my, my big concern is just like, it's not overly... Uh, you know, because there's only there's only so few, it's it's harder to kind of hit that mass market appeal so quickly. Um, so, I mean, if you're in it for the long haul and you you love you know you love the space, I think nouns are awesome. Uh, but I I won't be buying one anytime soon. I mean, they're it's it's still just they're too high for me. But I think they're very very cool. I I'd consider a low noun eventually um, yeah. if price keeps dipping because I think those are also you know a lower price point. I just wonder if like the constant dilution will like eventually kill the price of the whole collection or if the first ones remain so, valuable. So now they don't, don't really have dilution because what happens is their treasury grows every day when they sell the noun. And so you got to look at, as, as Noon mentioned, like the noun's treasury is 27,000 ETH, which is yeah, it's like million more like dollars. a DAO, right? And so like nouns are essentially synthetic ETH exposure if you have NFTs because they tend to just like go between 60 and 80 ETH very consistently because that's about the like pro rata ownership of each noun to the DAO. Um, if you just like, and, and they don't really spend or convert their ETH that much. So what is like the long-term and sorry, Nick, I see you have your hand raised, but what is like the long-term goal of the treasury? Like, because you, you know, it's ownership in theory, like with the DAO, you have a share, let's say, but Tre what treasury is such a weird term in web three because i'm like is this a business do you mean balance sheet what exactly right. is the treasury a treasury is more is only the term used for the balance sheet for like dow so if DAO. it's not okay. if it's not under the control of an uh, like of a corporation if it's a corporation then it should be referred to as balance sheet and the whole idea of a treasury is basically that there's a collective involved with it um i think is the reason that it's been used in that in that form uh, the thing with the nouns, I'm sort of wondering why, well, also they, they held it in ETH. So that was actually a big issue because, and also then there was questions about taxes to be paid, like, or, and also whether or not you get into issues of whether or not this is a mutual fund, because there's a limit on the number of people that can participate, um, in a fund. I think it's, oh, I don't remember the exact number. It's like 99 or some, some, some number in that range, which, um, if you have more than that, it's considered a mutual fund. Now, I don't know how they're getting away with that um, in terms of this uh, DAO. The argument is this, well, it's on chain, so there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think nouns are an interesting one. Uh, from a visual standpoint, it, it doesn't hold the same weight as a uh, CryptoPunk, but uh, the, they've tried to brand the glasses. I think the comment about them doing more with the treasury is definitely interesting. The, what, what actually I would say is rather than what they're doing with the treasury, there is a massive, massive, massive opportunity right now for people to get access to capital, and it's through DAOs. Now, the problem is, is there's not enough proposals going into most of these DAOs. Right. Nouns included, ApeDAO, and there's a bunch of others that have hundreds of millions of dollars that are sitting around in these DAOs that are not being deployed. Primarily because people aren't coming up with good ideas to put into it. 
I think we could see a lot of funding take place through that. And there's, there's a huge opportunity uh, just via those. And, and if you're like in the space and you're trying to figure out what to do, I mean, I, I think of this as to like back towards grants, but the stuff that people are deploying the capital for like Nounstow, for example, it's going to like billboards on top of a donut shop in LA. So if you think that you have a better idea than a billboard on top of a donut shop, which I can guarantee you do, then I would suggest, you know, reaching out to someone who's in one of those DAOs and figuring out a way to structure a proposal so you can generate some capital because it, it seems crazy to me some of the stuff that, that this uh, capital is being utilized for. N knowing the NFT yeah. space, I'm, I'm not surprised at all that they were like, a billboard on top of a donut shop. Like, I'm, I'm just I'm just not surprised. Uh, Wapi, you made a bunch of money during the bull market. Um, I've noticed that you've sold, like, all your NFTs. Uh, you've been listening to this show, I think, for the whole episode. I'd love to know what you think about, you know, what we were talking about with where we're at in the market, what the near to medium future kind of feels like. What's on Wapi's mind? I, before I get into that, I just on the noun point, like, the nouns are using that DAO to expand like their influence in the culture. I mean, they're building like an esports team. They're building a few other like brands. So I think the point of that treasury is going to be expanding the like knowledge of nouns into a bigger like mainstream audience. And um, I think like to Nick's point about all the stuff he's worrying about, get fucked. It's on chain. So like I think that's the kind of like path that they're going to take on it. And um, you know, I just I kind of like the nouns project, but I'm hesitant to buy into it because I think like as they keep issuing the nouns, the thing that has to happen there is price compression because um, like there's only three or four hundred now. But what happens in a couple of years when there's a thousand or a few thousand of them? Are we still going to be selling them at like 100 ETH? Um, and that's so, right. So just on that point that there, there has been a proposal on the I think it's on the little noun side that to cap supply um, after a certain amount. Um, I'm not I'm not up to date whether that proposal has gone through, but it's definitely something that the community is talking about because it will be an event that happens in, say, the next three years. That's Does little nouns I... have any impact on the full nouns? Because I thought the full nouns was a plan of a noun forever. That's like a big part of what they are. Oh, so on so on big nouns, I'm not sure, but on little nouns, I know that's that um, that it is a proposal. Um, and little nouns are an unofficial project of nouns, but big nouns support little nouns. It would be interesting to, to see if you get more secondary sales launching a project if you just launch all 10k at once, or if you just do a slow drip of one a day for 10,000 days. A lot, yeah. I mean, a lot of different factors at play. Wapi, now that you've addressed the nouns thing, what are your thoughts on just kind of where we're at with the NFT market? And then we're going to wrap the show. I mean, I think it's kind of like a similar thing with the NFT market. Is um, I've felt this even during the bull market. Um, it felt like a lot of stuff was um, moonshotted and um, thrown into like a value bracket where it didn't belong. And so um, I'm not sure that a lot of this stuff will ever go back to all time highs that we saw. So I think people holding on to that and saying like, well, it was here before it can go there again. I think the only thing that you have going on your side for some of that stuff is um, the low supply in NFTs. If it wasn't for the low supply in NFTs, I don't think there would be like any hope for like price appreciation on some of this stuff. So I think for me, it's price compression on most of the projects as we keep going. And especially as we're in this like, um, um, phase where people are cautious to deploy capital because um, if you haven't made a ton of money in the like crypto space um, and you're not already in the crypto space or the nft space and you're looking at it 
um, your the macro market doesn't support coming in and throwing a bunch of money at it unless you're just sitting on a ton of money. So I think that's going to bring like price compression. And until people are really feeling better about deploying capital, I think that they're, you're going to kind of be in this like zone that we've been in where, um, you know, there you get a pump here every now and then, but people are overall going to be like mostly cautious and kind of at each other's throats a little bit as like liquidity is dry. So I love Wap that word, dude. Price compression. Beautiful word. Dude. Thank <laughs> you, Wappy. The only class you get up here because I can use a different term. Price compression. Beautiful. Uh, I almost bought your Moonbird, by the way, but I, I decided not to. But I was close, Wappy. Very close. That would have uh, been that would have been epic. Go ahead, Nick. I was going to say uh, this episode brought to you by NounsDAO, literally one of the best projects in the world. Check out NounsDAO. We'll be submitting a proposal for full-blown sponsorship moving forward. Thank you to Nouns for your participation and massive contribution to the NFT space. We're not questioning anything about the legality of a mutual fund or any of that nonsense. I'm going to shut my mouth about that from now on. Thanks to us being paid. We're paid by now's now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Wapi, so on one thing that you said, you said, you know, you talked about a, a topic that Keyboard Monkey has weighed in on when Sergito, you know, Sergio Silva came on our show. I believe it was either last week or the week before I asked him about this. And that's the topic of saying that CryptoPunks and Bored Apes specifically, right? You could say the whole NFT market, but let's just take CryptoPunks and Bored Apes specifically. will never hit their all-time highs again. This is a very popular thing to say in a bear market scenario you can kind of be like never again you know i'm a bear they're never gonna hit it again and you kind of look like a badass right crypto bunks are at one hundred twenty-five thousand dollar floor right now and the all-time high for floor was sub one uh, sub a half a million dollars nick would know better than me the actual all-time high for the floor price but like in a bear market we're only you know uh, we're 25% call it, or actually probably 30% 30, 30 or 33% off of that all-time high. Um, do you think that CryptoPunks and Bored Ape specifically can hit those all-time highs again? If you think out 15 years, 20 years, do you think so? I mean, I tried to word it to where I said most of it, not all of it. I think probably like with the way things look right now, um, this is where it comes back down to the supplies on these things. And these supply on these things isn't like shit coins where you have millions or billions of them. There's usually 10,000 or 20,000 or less. And so I think like that's where, you know, if crypto punks can stay relevant, if board apes don't fumble anything, if they, you know, just nothing bad goes with them and they keep growing, I could see people buying a board ape to get into a Miami clubhouse and paying you know, a amount of money that most people think is a stupid amount of money to do it. But there's going to be a group of wealthy people out there who want to flex on each other. And you only need 10,000 of them or less to kind of do that. So I think there's a chance that some of these projects do get back up there. But I think when you look at some of this stuff in like dollar terms, like if ETH starts to run again and we're valuing NFTs and ETH still, like will you see cool cats and like doodles get back up to like 25 plus ETH? Um, without anything really changing here. And when you put that in like a dollar value, it starts to look at like $40,000, $50,000. And if you're looking at like you need new people to come in, you need people like the penguin buyer to come in and start spending that kind of money. And if you can't convince a normie to come in and see like, oh, I'm buying a JPEG, I totally see why I should buy this instead of a car or a down payment on a house, especially when we're in like a point in macro that we're not really sure like, I just, I don't see those projects going back up. If we're going to take like a 20 year timeline look, like maybe they have a chance at doing that. But I think like it's, um, 
it's it's almost like you're trying to pick like where the bottom is going to be if you don't already own these assets and you're trying to like look at buying them you're trying to catch the knife and you don't know if it's like we might be at bottom now but we might capitulate lower and you might end up holding something that you could have bought like a couple months down the road cheaper and if your goal is to hold it for 20 years then you know i don't know i'm just not a 20-year like investor for most of this stuff and um, I think the only way I'd get there is if I was holding some of like the grail art that like maybe node has or some of the other people, but yeah, that's just not what's in my wallet right now. Wapi, that's, that's what drew me to this show. Also just recognizing PO from in life. But, um, yeah, the, the trader mentality was what got me good because with these things they are so new, you know, I never, I never planned on investing in anything. The only ones I'm still holding are the ones I got stuck with that I can't sell for double what I got them for. And so I'm just pissed off and just sitting with them. But <laughs> you you want to trade these things, not date them. Or uh, date, it, date them, don't marry them. What is it saying? Yeah. But I yeah, think like where I see NFTs going is like there's going to be a wave of legitimate people. And I think like what's going on with the pudgies right now, that's maybe an example of it. And you'll see if that team executes or not. But there'll be more real people who have real business experience who want to build real value and utility into this stuff. And there will be a point where the price matches whatever that is. And yeah. I think that's when the market will really come back. But I don't think you're going to see like vaporware PFPs leading the charge back in the NFT market. Yeah. What's your favorite Beanie Baby currently? The Princess Diana one, of course. There you go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. We appreciate all the speakers, especially Wappy making an appearance for the first time in a while. Wappy, you know you're always welcome, buddy. Um, Check out this show Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. You can also check out our YouTube shows. You can check out Easy Solana Focus show that happens at 5 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Thursday. Shout out to our sponsor, FTX. You can sign up at thenifty.com slash FTX or with the code thenifty on your FTX mobile app. If you spend over $200 on FTX, then you'll get $20 airdropped into the account. Make sure you follow everybody. Follow Signal. She writes our newsletter five days a week. Follow Kick. He's the CEO of a crypto gaming company, so you know he ain't going anywhere. Follow Jonah. He is the best single researcher that I know in the NFT space. He mostly researches crypto gaming stuff, but I bet if you sick him on some other stuff, he can research that too. Follow Wapi. He's a trader's trader. He made a lot of money in the bull run. Maybe a rival for kicks on who made the most money that didn't make money trading board apes. Follow Spencer. I've been alluding to some updates. You're going to hear him from Spencer in the next couple of weeks. You're going to want to pay attention to that. Follow Node, the original wholesome sophisticated art speculator, has some of the best NFTs, probably the best NFTs on stage. Follow Bavin. He runs a fund. He's someone you want to follow. You already know. Follow Marco, also known as Rosinante Capital, full-time trader. That's a good person to be following in this space. Follow Barney. He's got some good NFTs, but he doesn't want to make them his profile picture. Follow Jesse. He's the funniest lawyer in the game. And follow EmperorJPEG.eth. That's a pretty good ENS domain. Thank you, I but will, not too closely, guys. Not too closely. We will catch you guys tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time till 1030. We're not going anywhere. Check out our NFT that's pinned to the top if you want to buy something people are actually fucking working on. See you guys tomorrow.